Today is Monday, January 9th. The title for our devotional is The Table. Our new campaign is called The Table. (laughs) The table is a powerful symbol of the way of Jesus. At the table, we celebrate the Lord's Supper, and we often refer to the Lord's Supper as coming to the table. We do this remembering the redemptive, saving work of Jesus. At the table, we remember what ties us together as a community. More broadly, at the table, we find a symbol of welcome, acceptance, hospitality, and community. In a world where relationships are rended and people are isolated and groups are polarized, the table is a countercultural symbol of the Christian life. We're going to begin this campaign by looking at the original table at the Last Supper, in which Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, we call it. The Lord's Supper is one of two ordinances, the other being baptism, instituted by Jesus and practiced by believers ever since. The rest of this week, we'll explore the theological significance of this meal, but today let's simply explore the scene at the table. We read in Luke 22:14, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. In this day, it was customary to sit at a table, yet at important meals, it was customary to recline at the table. This picture from the Passion of the Christ is closer to the image of what was actually happening than Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper painting. If you're like me and you think of The Last Supper, you tend to picture Leonardo da Vinci's painting, but that wasn't really the way that it was. It looked much more like the picture that I have in the devotional of the Passion of the Christ, where they would sit on the ground, and in this specific instance, because it was a special meal, a ceremonial meal, they would be reclining or laying down with pillows on the ground where they would have customary uh, prayers, blessings, and times of, of, of eating and times of just sharing and speaking and talking and sharing and reading the story of the Exodus together. They would read through a good chunk of the story. On the posture of reclining, uh, D.A. Carson, in his commentary on the book of John, writes that it was almost as a mark of unhurried celebration and freedom. In self-conscious contrast with the haste in which the first Passover was eaten on the night of the Exodus. So, much of the conversation of John 13 to 17, which is Jesus' farewell discourse, takes place while they're reclining at this table together. So think of it less as a hurried dinner, and more as a combo dinner visit time. Whereas we would usually move the conversation to the living room after we'd finished eating, they just stayed reclining at the table. John's Gospel gives us another interesting detail to add to our picture. In John 13, 23, he writes, One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Now, the translation there doesn't really give us the interesting detail, but I'll explain it here in a second. The disciple whom Jesus loved was most likely John's way of describing himself. Not naming himself was, uh, and calling himself the one Jesus loved, is likely not a subtle dig at the rest of the apostles for how Jesus loved him more or or anything uh, selfish on John's part. More likely, it was an indicator of his humility. Who, who is he that the Word made flesh, as John describes him, would love him? He doesn't even need to mention his name. The literal translation of the, fl- of the phrase reclining next to him would be resting in his bosom or on his chest. This doesn't mean that John was literally resting his head on Jesus' chest like a child would who's sick or in need of comfort. It is a phrase that is metaphorically used often in this culture. It's used of Lazarus at Abraham's side in Jesus' parable in Luke 16. John also uses it of Jesus being in the Father in John 1, 18. 
Therefore, the term refers to just close association, proximity, intimacy. Again, not in a romantic sense, but in a close uh, relational sense. Now, briefly, I mentioned uh, Leonardo da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper a few moments prior. And for some of you, this may have brought you back to The Da Vinci Code, that uh, book, and made into a movie in which it plays a lot on this famous painting and John being on Jesus' right, but his head leaning the other way. I don't remember all the details, but I remember it plays a lot on that and this big conspiracy about it and it devolved into this crazy story, right? Remember, that's fiction, okay? (laughs) It's all fiction. I don't know that I need to say that, but I feel like I should. For additional content today, um, this picture of reclining at the table with Jesus it reminds me of the scene from C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia it's in, the, in the book Prince Caspian. Specifically, what happens in the story is Lucy is uh, resting in the main of Aslan, it says. And she's conversing with him and talking with him. While Lucy lies in his main, C.S. Lewis writes that there must have been something magic in his main. It says she could feel lion strength going into her. This is just this beautiful picture of communing with Jesus through prayer and through the Lord's Supper, of just being near to him, being close to him, being close in association, proximity, like John was was resting in Jesus. He was reclining next to him. He was close to him, not only physically, but spiritually and relationally. Through our proximity to Jesus, our faith is strengthened. For reflection, before we go any further into the meaning of communion and the theology of it, just simply imagine yourself reclining at the table with Jesus. Imagine yourself like John as one just blown away with the grace of Jesus, that he would choose you and love you. Imagine yourself resting near to him in both a literal proximity and in spiritual proximity, and even relational proximity.